Here in this space, we're going to uh, dig into the Word of God in the Gospel of John, chapter 21. Uh, we'll be reading verses 15 and following on through verse 19. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me there. If not, you can follow along with the words on the screen as we together hear the Word of the Lord. And it reads, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, he said, you you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? So Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then Jesus said to Peter, follow me. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing, and together we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, for the opportunity to meet all of us. Because we know when you, when two or more are together in your name, you are with us. I'm asking, Lord, to avoid any, any, any worries, any, any, any messages that we're that we going to receive probably right now. So that we can concentrate in your word, in the message that you want us to send to each of us. Because we know it's a personalized message for each of us. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Good morning, Covenant. Great. My name is Dario Vargas. For those who don't know me, I am one of the pastors here at Covenant, and I lead the Hispanic ministry. And it's an honor for me to be able to be here and to preach the word of God. And I'm going to start with a question for you. Have you ever found yourself thinking about your failures? Thinking about the regrets that probably you had before? When you were trying to focus on something else? Like, for example, you're reading your book. You're reading your book, you're concentrating, and suddenly an image came into your mind, like a 3D with colors. And you remember a failure probably in your work, something that happened at work. A project was, was, was uh, not done because maybe you had a part of that one. Or maybe a relationship, a personal relationship that is broken. And you cannot say anything to the other person because it's not anymore with you. You cannot, you, you cannot heal yourself. Or maybe for those who are studying, you fail a grade or you fail an exam, and then, and then it's coming back. Why I did it? I studied why I did it. Why this happened to me? 
Well, psychologists tell us that when, when you have your complete, when you have a complete task and you have a success, what's happened is that your brain put those in a special category of memory with low priority. That means it's not going to remember you about what happened, the success, unless you recall it. And with time, this vanishes and goes. However, however, the uninterrupted task, the incomplete task, or your failures are put in the memory with the highest priority. That means that the brain is trying to you to complete it. He, he, the brain is so perfect. God created us so perfect that the brain is trying to spin and spin and spin and thinking about it, sending messages, completed, completed, completed. And this thing has a name. This has a name. It's called the Sigarnik Effect. Now, I'm speaking English. I do believe he's speaking in English at this particular moment. Okay? This word is in Russian. Okay? So I don't want to mix my brain. It's, uh, so this, I put it here just to understand. And came from the name of the psychologist called Bluma Sigarnik. Because she was sitting in Vienna in the 1920s and noticed a very busy restaurant where many people were coming and the waiters didn't use anything about the orders. Nothing. Just, just, just uh, with memory, they, they, they kept all those orders. And he started noticing, asking questions. Do you remember how many are being paid? And they said, oh, I have all cleared. This gentleman, three, he hasn't paid. Uh, he ordered this and that. He remembered, they remembered everything. Why? Because the pay orders were already vanished. They were well and gone. And, and now, when I, when I started reading about this, I started reading about this because it's about procrastination. Because it's the way that you can also start doing your tasks that, uh, that you started in, in, in a moment. If you started in a moment, you, can, you, can, you know that your brain is going to help you to continue. But now that I am a pastor, I found out the enemy uses this effect, most probably, all the time, because he's trying to remember you, your failures. You are not worth it. You, 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 you don't have any value. You are not children of God. He's coming back, and he's destroying and erasing the joy. It's part of the what's happening here. Even for me, you know what's happened as well? When I started preaching three years ago, I start preaching, and suddenly, after I preach in Spanish, go to my home, and we have dinner in my family, and suddenly I said, oh, no. And all my family said, what's happened? We were having dinner. What's going on? I just remember something that I forgot in my sermon. I just remember something. And I punished myself. My wife said, Anna said, oh, you have your Russian effect. You have your Russian effect. You know what? Mark it done. Marking down in that way is gone and is gone. But the reality, the reality is that a failure cannot be marked done by ourselves. We need divine intervention to be able to do that. Like a car, when you have all the dashboard and there is a lead in one of the in one of the in one of the dashboards, and you don't know what's going on with the car, and you get the manual and you start looking, and at the end say, "Go to the dealership." 
because you're not able to figure out what is going on. And you need to go to the dealership who created you. In the same way, we need to go back to our creator to fix those failures and put it done. He put it done and you are healed. I do believe that this is what's happening to Peter. I want you to imagine what Peter was feeling. He was appointed to be, uh, to be a, a, a fisherman of men. Jesus said to them in Luke chapter 5, go out and fish for men. He was three years working in the ministry with Jesus Christ and saw miracles and everything. He was with passion working. And we read it later that he denied Christ three times. Even Jesus Christ said, said you are going to deny me. I said, no, no, I'm not going he said it before, I'm not going to do it, and he denied it. Could you imagine what Peter was feeling if he were you? That task, all the time coming back, you're a failure. You're a failure. You don't have any more mission. Jesus Christ is, is gone, probably he was thinking, is gone. He appeared only two times in this gospel that we just read. And he's gone. He's not going to be anymore here. Probably he's, he started worrying about his purpose. Probably he will start thinking about, oh, my career as a fisherman of men is gone. I'm not going to, to be able to continue. I'm not going to be able to continue. So we are going to study today how we could be healed looking what happened to Peter. Because the way that he Thus, is basically going back to the previous sense when Peter was called and also when Peter denied Jesus Christ. The, go- the verses that we read are in the last, uh, the last chapter of the Gospel of John. It's the last chapter. And, uh, and we read, if you start from the beginning, that suddenly Simon who was, everybody was together, because that was Jesus, the, sorry, the, 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 the angels told to, to, to them, stay in Galilee. So they, they were in Galilee, they were together. And suddenly Simon said, let's go fishing. And six of them, six disciples went with him to go fishing. Why did Peter go fishing? The responses are not in the gospel. If you read it, there are no responses. And that's, and I, I love this because it's when you can start getting into this story. If there are no responses in the gospel, you can start praying about it. And he will, he will give you the response. I do believe it was not for entertainment purposes. Because they said all night fishing. I do believe it's because Peter was contemplating to come back to his profession who was fisher. He was devastated. He said, there is no purpose. I'm going to the I need to, I need to support my family. He was married. Remember that one? I'm going back. He was devastated, ashamed. So the need, again, the, the, the way that Peter is restored, because it has to be restored. This is the last chapter of the Gospel of John. We cannot live without knowing that he was restored. And we can understand also that we could be also restored by divine power. So what he did is, as I told you, go back 
to the previous sin when, when he was called the first time and when he was denied Jesus Christ. Let's, let, let's go uh, by, the, by, the, by, the, by the first one. And before that, sorry. The way that he restored is coming back, but with a loving, loving father. Like a father. This is very important. Like a father. He's coming back like the father to restore the identity that Peter has. Like a father. I invite you to read and remember the verses in Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah. Chapter 9, verse 6. He's talking about Jesus Christ. He's talking about the Messiah. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on this, his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father. That's the way that he restores. He's an everlasting Father. Padre Eterno. In Spanish, everlasting father. Always. He was everlasting father for Peter, and he's the perfect father for Peter, and he's the perfect father for you. He wants to have a relationship with you in a very intimate relationship. He loves you. And he wants, and we need to see Jesus as well as an everlasting father. That he's going to restore our identity and give us a new purpose. Peter needs new purpose. Peter needs to be restored. And we need also to be restored. Not once. I do believe we need to restore many times. Why? Because every time we got a purpose based on, on our chapter of our life, what we are doing. So, he redeemed you. He checkmarked those failures. And then he beat you. Give you a new purpose for that particular moment in your life. Let's go to the first part. When he goes to, to remember what happened. If you, what happened when he was called. Let's read chapter, uh, verses 5 and 6. And we read it. Not, not in the, not, uh, if you read it at your home, you will, you, will, you will read. That Jesus Christ show up. Suddenly, they went fishing. They fished all night. It's exactly the same what happened when Peter was called the first time. They were fishing all night, not fishable. First coincidence, first, not coincidence, but based, first, first point that he was recreating the same. And the second one, Jesus showed up. And the third one, they fish. No few, a lot. So read it. Friends, haven't you, he show up, haven't you fish any, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, through your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. They got 153. And I'm a fisherman, like some of you here. But, but this is amazing. I mean, just one side, just threw it in the other side, and you will get it. And we, we, we fishermen, we know, I love fly fishing. It's not possible that you're going to, it's a miracle. I, I just threw it here, and then you, you just try to do something else, and, and, and without studying the water and everything. And he was able to cut it. In the same time that Peter was calling the first time, he said, just go, go a little bit deeper. Go a little bit deeper. Just threw it in it. And catch, wonderful catch. At that moment, 
Peter was recognizing. This is the same what's happened. It's the Lord. John said it's the Lord. And he said, of course it's the Lord. All of this fool is a miracle. He's jumping to the water. He's the first one to jump into the water. He knows he's the Lord. And then he's going to start reconstructing the scene when, when he denies Christ. But before that, and this is, I love it. Before that, he provides breakfast. Before Jesus starts talking with deeper conversations, spiritual conversations, he provides breakfast. Like a loving father. Like a father. I'm asking you, when you want to have a conversation with your child, deep conversation, do you do it when he's hungry or she's hungry? No. Tell me about how, how, how it could be. No, no, there is no, there's no way to, to enter in that one. So it's beautiful that we read in the verse 9, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals, there with fish on it and some bread. He provides food for them. They were tired, they were wet, they were hungry. He provides food with them. And this remember my, my, my two kids. I have three. But the two, when it became uh, teenagers, Andres and Carolina. And I, I, I struggled to have conversations, particularly with, with Andres, uh, deeper conversations. We used to have, but suddenly he started to be more shy, you know, those magnificent years of teenagers. And, and I couldn't resonate, so I said, Andres, Andres, you know what? Let's go every Friday to have breakfast with you. You select the place. You select what you're going to order, no complaints, and just preface. Not even mention about chat. Just preface with you. I want to be with you. I said, okay. And it was great. I thought, no, he's, not, he's going to miss school. He's not going to do it. No, he started waking up early. He said, okay, let's go. I, I visit so many restaurants that I didn't know around my area. That, that, that's because no, you, can, you select the restaurant. You go, and I'm not going to say anything. And then with time, the conversation started going deeper and deeper and deeper. Hey, Dad, do you know what's happening at the school? Hey, Dad, do you know that this lady? Hey, Dad. And, and we start going deeper and deeper that, that I decided to go dinner. Let's go dinner because we need more time. So we went, we start going dinner on Fridays or any day of the week when I was not traveling and he was also available. And same rule, let's, let's have a conversation. And you select the restaurant, I pay whatever is necessary. And, uh, and we start talking more and more that we even finishes, we even finishes doing devotionals with them, with him. Devotional, it was beautiful. And still, we still haven't do it, doing, doing it that. So the conversation go deeper and also the expenses go higher. Because he was selecting all kind of ex beautiful, beautiful restaurants, not beautiful, <laughs> expensive restaurants. <laughs> and now, I know how he recovered. I mean, we already, they are fed already. Peter already, was, he's fed, he's ready. And, uh, and then notice what he has. Jesus recreates the fire, the charcoal fire. And it's exactly the same that Peter experienced when he denied Christ. 
Let's go back to chapter 18, verse 18. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. I can imagine in that moment, Jesus was inner, inter, uh, was asking, asking questions with a high priest. I can imagine looking the fire, eating, and he said, oh, this is the same fire, charcoals. Even John uses the same Greek word to describe the fire. It's the same. It's a special fire. Jesus recreated the same. So he noticed, he noticed, he said, well, this is what happened when I denied Christ like a father. He didn't say, hey, Peter, so what's going, are you going to deny me again? Remember the fire? Remember what, what you did? No, no words. Like a loving, everlasting father. Just loving the son right there. Loving the son and inviting him to go into the final phase of the, heal, of the healing. And what he does is recreate the three questions, the three denials that Peter did to Jesus. And he recreated. And Jesus uses a different word each time. And I'm going to do it with you so you understand what, how the healing is, 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 is uh, performed. The first question that Jesus asks is, Simon, son of John. And this is beautiful. Simon, son of John. He called him Peter before. But now he said, Simon, son of John. That the formal name that he used to have. And I'm pretty sure you have also second names. In Colombia, in Latin America, we, in Latin America, we, use, we use middle names always. But of, like here, I think, when your mother calls you with your middle name, it's something serious that we need to talk. My second name is Darío Miguel. Miguel. Darío Miguel, my father's name. So when my mother calls me Darío Miguel, I know there is something that is going on. My father used to do it. Something, something is going on. So he called Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? And he uses, Jesus uses the love, love. Is the highest love that you, we experience. It's unconditional love. It's the divine love. In Greek, it's called agapao. And, uh, and I want to be a parenthesis here. I'm so glad that I'm taking seminary classes. And Greek and Hebrew are classes that are uh, not mandatory, are optional, because I will be in trouble trying to put Spanish, English, and now Greek or Hebrew. And he, he, do you love me more than this is the question. He's asking, do you love me more than fishing? Do you love me more than fish, the boats? Do you love me more than that? And he said, yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. But the word that Peter uses is phileo, which is the love friendly. No. He, he recognized, he recognized he's healed. He started to be healed and said, I love you like a friend. I cannot lie to you. I cannot lie to you again. I love you like a friend. I cannot love you in other way. I love you like a friend. And the second question was similar from Jesus to Peter. He uses 
the same word, agapao. Simon, son of John, do you love me? He's using the same higher level. And Peter responds the same. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. In each question, he is giving again a purpose. In the first one, feed my lambs. Feed, feed the smallest ones. Feed my lambs. In the second one, take care of the sheep. The bigger one, a little bit. He's giving a new purpose to Peter. And the last question he asked is beautiful how Jesus changed the world. And he said, Simon, son of God, John, John, sorry, do you love me? The word love is the same word that Peter was using. It's a phileo. It's a friendly love. Jesus said, okay, I go down to the same level that you have. I love you. Now I know that you love me. Now I know that you love me. And he said, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter is healed. He's restored. He's redeemed. He reclaimed his true identity. And the true identity that we are children of God is what Peter realized. Because when, when he responded in the last one, he said, he said, Lord, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You know all things. It's like a baby can recognize the father and say that you, the father knows everything. He recognized the true identity. My father knows everything. I'm helpless. I need you. I love you like a son. And it's beautiful. A baby doesn't have a role to be a son. Think about it. A baby loves the father. He doesn't learn how to be a son. A baby loves the father. That's the way that we can get really our purpose. When we recognize that we are childs. That we are childs and we need our everlasting father to give us purpose always. That's how he was healed. That was how was Peter could mark done and go and do the ministry with to the ministry that he did. And it's the same for you. It's the same for you. Those failures, relationships, those that is haunting you all the time, you have the possibility to be healed, to mark it as a complete with Jesus. He is alive. He show up alive. He is alive. You can invite him to have breakfast. Invite him to have breakfast. I'm pretty sure he has invited you to have breakfast already to you. But I'm asking you, invite him to have breakfast with him. And go back. Go back to that with Jesus. With that scene when you hurt somebody, when you fail somebody. And you ask, Lord, I'm asking you to heal me. Heal me this. I cannot talk to that person, but I need healing. And I know with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are going to heal me. So I have a new purpose with you. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what your son did for us. We thank you to know that your son 
is resurrected and we can have breakfast with him and being able to heal ourselves in all of those failures and incomplete tasks that we cannot as a human as a human being able to complete it thank you lord to follow this example with peter who was restored we want to be restored as well help us and always invite him to have breakfast with you now that we enter in the offerings i want to thank as well lord for all the offerings that uh, that this church is 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 receiving for working in your ministry a bilingual church a church in those in two languages lord thank you for that multiply those offerings as well and help us to continue lord walking with you in jesus name we pray